My name is Mackenzie Pierce, and I'm a 21-year-old college student who has made it through my mom's death, the ending of my dad's crazy second marriage, and a rare disease that almost paralyzed me. But this is the story of the time I boarded a plane to Chicago and didn't tell anyone. Now this is a good one. Well, for some of us. Welcome to The Pierce Effect. In order to understand what took place and why it took place, I need to take you back to sixth grade. So in sixth grade, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember this very vividly because we were having a family movie night and my parents are getting the popcorn ready. It's going to be a great night. We're watching grownups. So I was very excited at the time. And my parents sit my brother and I down and they basically just come forward and say, mom has cancer. And when you are like 12 years old trying to figure that out, it's a little weird. I knew what cancer was because people in my family had it, but it's different when one of your parents gets it. So I basically just sat there in shock while my brother sobbed next to me. And I very vividly remember him asking, is mom going to die? And at 12 years old, that is something you don't ever want to think about. And I remember... I just silently cried to myself while watching the movie, but they told us that they had caught it early and she was going to get all the treatments she needed, so no need to worry. And obviously, you trust your parents. And also, my mom was an ER nurse, so I trusted her as well because she had, like, she knows the medical industry. Um, She works in it. So skip to, we'll just skip right to the good part, Um, or excuse me, that sounds very morbid. So moving forward, uh, my mom gets her treatments done. She gets a double mastectomy. She ends up going into remission, meaning that she doesn't have cancer anymore, doesn't show up on the screens. And then the cancer comes back. And this happens about three times um, up until I get into high school. So it's just a constant battle of she's all better. And now she's not again, like she's sick again. And I mean, that obviously takes a toll on anyone. So by the time I got to high school, it was kind of like, we've been through this. Um, but how many times can you go through that and still stay positive, which is something that really tested me. But finally I get to my freshman year of high school. And I also very vividly remember the day they told me that they were going to stop treatment, which is basically giving up because there are no other options. And let me tell you, we tried everything. My dad looked into stem cell research, clinical trials, going overseas to other countries. So that way she could get the best care possible. Um, but she had been through four years of treatments and surgeries, and there's only so much your body can handle. So they finally decided that it was growing too much. It had spread through most of her body and I was laying in my parents' bed. It was a Monday and it was a snow day. So I was very excited and that changed very quickly because they told me they were going to stop treatment. My brother was maybe at a front, maybe at a sleepover because we knew there was going to be a snow day. I just remember him not being there. The way I handle news like this is I just freeze and silently cry, but I knew that that was the beginning of the end. So that was freshman year and now it's freshman year summer my mom ends up passing away in July on July 2nd in our house which was very comforting to know she was next to my brother and I and the hospice nurses and I remember just the three of us 
talking with her, um, but she had been gone for about three days prior to that. She had been in, um, we'd hospice for about a month maybe, and she was living in our office, um, which was really sad because when your parents are married for almost 20 years, um, they're so used to sleeping next to each other, and that was taken away from my dad, which is one of those things you don't realize till you're older and you have a significant other, and that's something you realize that he had to go through as well. And there's so many things that I've gotten older that my dad had to go through that I've been able to understand now, um, which I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, but also I'm just thinking about my dad and family listening to this. And I know you guys are absolutely bawling. Um, so sorry about that, but moving on, um, High school was really fun for me. I always loved school. I loved learning. Um, I loved getting to see my friends every day. And I would say that didn't change. School was kind of like an outlet for me. It was something just to get my mind off what was going on in my life at home. So I was hanging out with so many people and I just had honestly the, the best time ever. I was, however, doing a lot of drinking. I would every weekend stay at a friend's house. And I would stay there after school on Friday till my dad picked me up Sunday. Maybe I'd go home on Friday, pack a bag and come back. The thing is, I didn't live in the same town as my high school. I lived about 20 minutes away and it was hard for my dad to have to pick me up and drop me off every night, like if I wanted to hang out with friends. So it was easier for me to just stay there. But part of that is also my dad um, sort of checking out and I don't want that to seem like he was a bad parent because he really wasn't he was just going through so much at the time that it was hard to also like keep a watchful eye on both of us uh my brother and I and we're both smart kids like we're not stupid we we didn't do anything that would really put us in too much of harm's way but there was a lot going on at the time every weekend I just did really whatever I wanted and then if my dad asked me what I was doing it was kind of like why are why do you care now kind of thing also just going through like your rebellious teenage years plus your mom dying and your dad like bugging you it just was a bad time overall and like a bad combination of what was going on which led to my dad and I fighting a lot Every day I would say we fought screaming at each other for dumb reasons, like realistic, like just everything. And finally, we end up going to New York City. This is now my senior year of high school. My dad has a girlfriend and the four of us end up going to New York City for a trip. And something happened where we weren't listening, my brother and I, to my dad and his girlfriend about directions. My dad also has the worst sense of directions ever so I was just kind of done with him leading us in the wrong direction so I just started walking away because I realized he was going the wrong way and this led to this giant blowout fight about being disrespectful and like they went back to the hotel we went and sat at the restaurant my dad said that we weren't eating anymore so my brother and I had to like awkwardly get up from our table and tell the waitress that we will not be dining here anymore it was It was very awkward, but the worst part is when we got back to the hotel room, there was a lot of screaming. One of our phones, meaning mine, was shattered into a million pieces, and I would say that was the breaking point of my dad and I's relationship. We had just fought so much that we really couldn't be in the same room as each other anymore, and when that is your only parent, I mean, it's hurtful on both ends. I'm his only daughter, and he's my only dad, and 
the three of us are the only people in our immediate family left. So to have that bad of a relationship at that point in my life was really hard, as I said, on all of us. So now it's probably about a month after the New York City trip and I am just watching TV and I see that this movie that just come out, Paper Towns, was on our DVR. So I decide to watch it. And basically the premise of it is that the main character, she just like up and leaves whenever she wants to. And she'll get on a bus and go to a nearby city and her family will just be like, well, we don't really know what to do. She always comes back um, and we just kind of let her do her own thing. Now with the backstory, I'm sure you can see where this is going. And I really wanted to be that character. I just wanted to get up and leave and just not be bothered by anyone anymore. And not in like a morbid way, just like needed time and space kind of thing. And I watched the movie and the idea pops into my head. I take my dogs for a walk and I call my best friend, Nicole, and say, Nicole, we're going on a trip. I'm thinking we're going to go visit my aunt in Chicago and we're going to go over teacher's convention weekend because it'll it's like the next big break that we have where we don't have to miss school. Because again, I am responsible and I did love school. I didn't really want to miss it. Um, so this just seemed to be the best plan of attack. And it was in about a month. So from there, we had to figure out the logistics. But now I'm going to bring Nicole in to tell her side of the story. I'm so excited to announce that my show is now available to stream free on Spotify. If you haven't tried listening yet, it's free to download and use Spotify on any device. It's a great listening experience, and you can go straight from listening to Ariana Grande's latest album and switch right over to our podcast in the same app. Just search for our show, The Pierce Effect, to start listening for free. Nicole? Hi. So, yeah, I get this phone call from Mackenzie saying she has this plan for us to travel to Chicago but the catch was that we don't tell anyone. We just go, we plan it ourselves, and we go to Chicago and have the time of our lives. So of course, like I always do, I said yes, because I'm always in and for adventure. Mackenzie and I have traveled together. She's been my best friend forever. I couldn't say no to this lifetime opportunity to just escape away to Chicago. So I agree to it and I get ready. We start looking for plane tickets and then we purchase $170 plane tickets on my brand new debit card. Probably my first purchase on my debit card. And Nicole had just gotten it, obviously. Uh, We're 17 years old. $170 isn't the biggest amount of money, but it was a good amount for what we were doing. And I'm sure Nicole's mom did not intend for her to be buying plane tickets on her brand new debit card, but I'm very thankful that uh, she let you get one so that way we could do it on there. So we buy the plane tickets and I'm like, you know what? I should definitely call my Aunt Sherry and like ask her about it. Make sure she's just home for that weekend. So I call her up. She's so excited to have me call her like all aunts are when their nieces and nephews call them, not realizing what I'm going to ask her. And I'm like, hey, Aunt Sherry, um, I'm thinking about coming out to visit you in like a month. Will you be home? She's like, yes. So I'm like, okay, great. And then I realized that I kind of should tell her that my dad doesn't know I'm coming because I don't want to keep her in the dark. So I tell her and she's like, hey, maybe that's not a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're probably right. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, no, no, you're definitely wrong. This is a great idea. So I decide to just like kind of bluff and be like, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll tell her and I'll tell him, Aunt Sherry, don't worry. My dad will know. 
obviously I don't tell my dad because that would ruin the whole plan. The whole point is to go without anybody knowing we left. (laughs) And then we also had to plan how we were going to get to the airport because we left out of the Philly airport about an hour-ish from our houses. And the flight was pretty early. So I call my other aunt and I'm like, I don't really explain much to her. I basically just say, I need a ride to the airport. I'm going to visit Aunt Sherry for the weekend. No questions asked. She said yes, because she's an angel. And she also has school that morning because she's a teacher. So she had the convention. So she's like, I would have to pick you up at 5 a.m. to make sure I get back for my meetings. So I'm like, thanks so much. You're the best. Even though in retrospect now, I feel bad about asking her to do this for me, but she's so nice. She said yes. And so my aunt is supposed to pick us up that morning in November and take us to the airport. But now let's go back to the night before. Nicole, take it away. So the night before I have all of my bags packed and ready to go, but my mom had to drive me to Mackenzie's house because I did not have a car or my car was getting in the shop. Can't remember what. We can't remember. Maybe she didn't drive because we didn't want my dad to see her car as if he would have known what it looked like because he's a dad. He's very oblivious to those things. But either way, Nicole's mom drops her off the night before. So I'm at Mackenzie's house all ready to go. She's still packing her bags last minute per usual, just getting everything together for our fun-filled trip to Chicago. Then, Mackenzie, do you want to explain what happened around midnight? So around midnight, I get the brilliant idea that I should invite this boy over that I had been talking to. And like, we were friends. I kind of liked him. Nothing crazy. But I was like, we're already doing something crazy tomorrow. So I might as well just invite this boy over tonight. And he does come over around midnight and stays a little late. I'm going to say like 2 a.m. ish. But also, Nicole is in the room the whole time. Like, we maybe like hooked up a little bit, but like a very respectful amount because Nicole was there, but she was definitely pissed. It was definitely not needed to have this boy over and stay till 2 a.m. when we knew we had to wake up at 5 a.m. And then we finally start getting tired and we kick him out and we're like, we need to get some sleep before we have to wake up super early in the morning and get ready to go to the airport. But we can't sleep because we are so excited about this master plot. So now we're like, you know what? It would be a great idea if we write my dad a note. So now it's like probably like 3 or 4 a.m. at this point. It's it's super late. The election like is also still going on. We're like waiting for the results. Everything's crazy. And we're like, you know what? Let's Let's write my dad a note. But I never thought of this also. I just want to point out, I never thought of this as like running away. It was kind of just like a fun plan. But in retrospect, like it definitely was us running away because we left without him knowing and then left like a little note (laughs) as if like, I don't know who we thought we were at the time. But Nicole has the note. She's going to read it. And I have not read it or honestly forgot about it for the last four, four years. There's been four years since it happened. So Nicole, take it away. So this was the lovely note that Mackenzie wrote the night before at 3am when we could not sleep to inform her father that we were off in Chicago. I'm terrified. (laughs) Dear dad, please do not be alarmed or mad. Nicole and I are safe and sound in Chicago visiting Aunt Sherry. I watched the movie Paper Towns, and that's how I got the idea to go on this adventure. In the recorded movies on the TV, if you want to watch it to understand. I hope you're not as mad as you were when you started reading this. 
I needed some time to get away and figure things out. I love you. Also, Aunt Dana. Dana. <laughs> I, have, I have an Aunt Dana and an Aunt Dana, so it's confusing. <laughs> also, Aunt Dana took me to the airport at 5 a.m. And we will be home Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. And we'll probably need a ride home. But I think Nicole's mom will pick us up. See you soon. Love your favorite and only daughter, Mackenzie. Oh my God. I forgot. I literally asked him for a ride home in that note. I'm such an asshole. Dad, you I'm told sorry. Him, <laughs> you told him when we would be home and that we might need a ride. <laughs> I literally, but not to I, worry, but not to worry. Yeah, we there's no need to worry. <laughs> no need to worry that your child and her best friend have run off and took a plane to Chicago with the help of your sister, mind you. So like, I don't know why I didn't, I I think I started to realize maybe at that point that he would maybe be mad about it since I did say those things, but it was too late because we were leaving in like, I don't know, like four-ish hours. Like we were were ready to go. So now it's the morning of, we finally fall asleep. The notes written, everything has been lined up already. We wake up and I look at my phone, like normal like get up look at it see was anything and if I missed anything and I missed a big thing we missed my aunt coming to pick us up at 5 a.m because when we looked down at the phone it said 6 30 so my poor aunt drove all the way out to my house ready to drive me and a friend to Philly and we missed it she called me like two times left a few text messages and was like sorry honey I had to go to work as if like it was her fault for anything, even though literally we were just assholes and totally slept through it because we stayed up way too late. So now we are stressed, like we are panicked. We are texting and calling everyone we knew, seeing if someone would give us a ride to this airport. But all of our friends are young and asleep. No one is going to be up at the crack of dawn. So of course, no one answers us. And every kid in Cape May County also has off these days because it's New Jersey Teachers Convention. So everybody like partied last night. Yeah, there was no way anyone was responding. So then finally, I turned to Mackenzie and I was just like, I'll call my mom. We have to get to this airport. This is our last result. The time is ticking. We're going to be cutting it so close. So I call my mom and she is also a teacher. So I knew she would be awake very early in the morning because she had to go into work that day. So I give her a phone call and shout out to my mom. She agreed to come pick us up from Ocean City and take us to Philadelphia airport. So now we had like about an hour-ish to get ready because we woke up at 6.30, found out by like that we needed a ride. So we start getting ready and we know that Nicole's mom has to be there by seven 30. So we're like, okay, we got some time. Like we'll finish up packing and like, we have some time to kill. So like, let's, you know, get ready. I like curled my hair. My outfit was picked out. My makeup was done to the nines because also I did forget to mention this. I knew this was going to be like a great trip and a great story down the road. So I decided to vlog it as well. So finally Nicole's mom shows up. Everything's like kind of good. There's a little tension in the car ride, but Nicole finally admits something to me that I had not known for the whole month that we had planned this trip. So I kept a big secret from Mackenzie because I did not want to spoil her plan of not telling anyone. 
the whole idea was that we just up and left to Chicago and didn't tell a friend, a family member, no one. No one knew about this trip. But after a week that passed by when we bought the plane tickets, I felt this guilt that my mom would be so mad at me and so not understanding if she knew I just up and left to Chicago. So there's the main difference. Nicole realizes because she's smarter than me that like she might get in trouble for this. Meanwhile, I do not have those same feelings during this time. And I am fully in the thought process of I'm not going to get in trouble up until like the night before where I start to realize maybe I might. So I tell my mom, I say, mom, Mackenzie and I are going to Chicago to visit her aunt. The trip is fully planned out. We paid for it. We took care of all expenses. Everything is set to go. And of course she asked me, oh, does Mackenzie's dad know about this? And I said, of course he does, mom. (laughs) Of course. Of course. And she didn't believe me because she's, this is where I get my smartness from. She did not believe me. She had an idea that something was up, but she knew to just let us do our thing and handle the consequences later on. So luckily my mom, I finally admit to Mackenzie in the car ride on the way to the airport that my mom does know where we're going and that I told her a very long time ago. So now I know that my plans have been foiled, but only partly because my dad still had no clue. But either way, we get picked up. Nicole's mom finally gets there, but she has to get gas. And now you would think that getting gas is only going to be like five-ish minutes. Shouldn't really put a dent in our time frame of getting to the airport. But we are like cutting it close because we left by like 7.30. So now if you add on the gas and the driving time it takes to get to the Philly airport, you're looking about an hour and a half-ish probably. So if we left at 7.30, that puts us at nine o'clock. And our flight, like the doors close at 9.19. So that gives us 19 minutes to get through the Philadelphia airport, which isn't the biggest, but it's also not tiny, and get through security. And like, get down to our gate, like finding it, everything. 19 minutes to do that, which is not easy. So now we're shitting our pants in the backseat because we know we're cutting it way too close. And we're putting it in our phones, like trying to see what like the GPS is going to tell us, like what time we're supposed to arrive there. And it's like nine. And now it's like the time starts adding. And we're like, why is the time adding? And then finally we realize because we have to go through the Philly traffic to get to the airport. So now we're cutting it down to like, we had like 10 minutes to do all of this stuff, get like through the airport down to the gate. Finally, we get there. Her mom drops us off. We say bye, thanks, and sprint through the airport. We cut through the lines of security. Now, mind you, a lot of people say that they're always in a rush to get to there and they're rushing through the airport and running through the airport. But we seriously sprinted through this airport. I don't even know if I had all my bags with me. Our main goal was just getting to that gate before it closed because there was no way after all the hell that we went through getting someone to take us to the airport that we were going to miss this flight. So a full on sprint to the airport. We we are sweating also like We are gross by the time we make it, but we finally make it and you can see the last people lined up to get on this plane and we sneak in the back of the line, last people to make it on the plane because we literally arrived at 919 on the dot for final call. 
So now we are on top of the world. We have done the impossible and we are feeling amazing. And now we get on this plane ride and we think we're the coolest people on the planet. But also it helps that we were sitting next to the hottest dude on the planet. And this man fully in a suit definitely had like his briefcase, like small little like under the seat luggage and it's like the two of us sitting next to this guy. And like, we're not really paying any mind to him, but we both acknowledge that he's very hot. So I don't know how the conversation started, but I, maybe he asked us what we were doing or something along those lines because we look like we're 17, maybe even younger. So why are we on this plane by ourselves? And we decide to tell him our whole entire story of how we just decided to up and go to Chicago, how we were barely, barely made it onto the flight and that we are ready to go have this extreme adventure that we would be able to tell for the rest of our lives. And he loved it. He thought that it was such a good, maybe not good idea, but a funny idea for us to do. And him um, saying that to us made me feel like I was on top of the world, made me feel like this trip with Mackenzie This hot guy on the plane just said it was a good idea. We were going to have the time of our life. I was so excited. Yeah, like we already, like we're feeling like the validation of like being able to like get on the plane and that we were actually doing it. But now this guy telling us that we are the coolest people on the planet, he probably didn't actually say that, but that's what it felt like. Also felt like maybe we were flirting a little bit, but he was probably like 35 and we were like 17. So maybe Maybe he wasn't. Maybe had a ring on his finger. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. we. I don't really remember exactly, but I definitely remember like really being into this dude. So now finally we are in Chicago. The plane has landed. My aunt is sending me a thousand text messages. Also, she's a flight attendant. So she works at the airport. Um, So she like knows that the like traffic cops are very intense and she doesn't want to get a ticket. So she's like texting us like, where are you girls? Come on. She's like pissed. We finally get there. She like literally shoes us in the car. We like throw our bags in the back. And now it is finally time to call my dad. And I don't remember if this was actually part of my plan or not to call him as soon as I got there. But like, as, as we said, we were so giddy that I was like, I can't hold this in anymore. I have to tell him I left. And it's also what, like, probably like, it's not from mid afternoon now. It's like around 12 ish. And I'm like, why hasn't my dad texted me at all? Like he does not care that I'm not there. Like, does he not realize I'm not there? I didn't know what was going on. So I also wanted to be like, why aren't you asking where I am? <laughs> so I did finally, you read the note? Did you yeah. see the note? We wanted did you to know see the if note? You saw the note. So I'm like kind of pissed, but also kind of like, I can't wait to tell him this is such a good like prank. And so I get in my aunt's car, we're talking and I whip out my phone. Surprisingly, my dad answers on the first try because he's not great at answering his phone. And we're on FaceTime now. So I am showing like myself in the car just me and I'm like hey dad what's up and he's like you know not much what are you doing and then I just turn the camera slowly to see my aunt and I think he's gonna freak out but he doesn't he goes that's so funny I didn't know aunt Sherry was in town and so I start cracking up because I'm like this dude's an idiot of course my aunt Sherry isn't in town she would have told him if she came into town so I go no dad I'm in Chicago and that's when I realized I was in trouble because his face went blank. And he says, I'm so mad. I don't know what to say right now. So I'm going to hang up. And then he hangs up. And now we're all silent in the car because we have all realized that we are 
fucked. And now my aunt has just found out that my dad doesn't know that I'm in Chicago. So now she's pissed because I also lied to her. Everyone was silent. And at that moment, I was like, what am I supposed to do right now? Like, this is not my father, but I'm here with Mackenzie right now. Like, what is going to happen? What are we supposed to do? How do we calm him down? You're also probably thinking along the lines of like, am I in trouble now? Like, it's not your dad, but, you know, who's getting in trouble for this? Because you're kind of an accomplice in this whole act. And also, I did not think my dad was going to react the way he did. I really thought that he was going to be like, oh, Mackenzie would totally do this. Like, this is just something funny Um, because I've done like dumb shit in the past. But clearly, people are my family. And now everyone's mad. And are they mad at me? <laughs> so we finally get back to my aunt's place in Chicago. It's like a 20-minute ride, not terrible, but it's still awkward. Felt like an eternity. And we finally call my dad back. And, you know, we're like talking on the phone. He's yelling. I'm yelling. Some crying starts. It's getting a little awkward. And my dad also keeps hanging up the phone because I would like say something that would piss him off and he would hang up and then we'd have to call him back again. And like this, this just kept happening. So then finally my aunt takes over talking to my dad and she's trying to calm him down, but he's pissed. So like they just keep going back. My aunt slowly like comes onto like my side and she's like you know what you guys have been fighting a lot this like might be good for Mackenzie like just to stay with me for a few days doesn't have to be the whole five days but like maybe just for a few days like why don't you just let her stay but my dad's like you know in the movie like the movie The Lion King where he's like you deliberately disobeyed me that's pretty much like my dad's exact reaction like you are a terrible child you have completely disobeyed me and now you will face the punishment for what you have done which is terrifying because my dad's a scary man like when he's like pissed like it's terrifying so they're talking back and forth and I would say they probably talked for what like three hours back and forth It was a very long time and a lot of people got involved in these phone calls. I remember at one time I called my mom and I had to explain the funny story that Mackenzie's father did not know that we were going to Chicago. And then I proceeded to have her, my mother, stay on our side and try to call Mackenzie's dad to convince him to let us stay. We got everyone involved in calling her dad. Like my other aunts even called too, like my whole family. But also this probably didn't help because it definitely must have felt like everyone was against my dad and ganging up on him because like all of his siblings are calling him, Nicole's mom's calling him, and he is not budging. Not at all. He was not happy and it was terrifying from being next to Mackenzie. I was not even on the phone with her dad. I stayed far away from that phone. I was not getting on that phone call, but I heard every single thing and every single statement that he said. How Every F-bomb. <laughs> every single one of them. He was not letting go. So then finally, Mackenzie and I and her aunt look at each other and we're like, this is not gonna happen like he's not gonna change his mind about how mad he is and the consequence that he put on us which was that we had to come home immediately not like the next night like not like next afternoon like the next flight out and luckily the next flight out wasn't until 6 a.m but still we had about less than 24 hours 
in Chicago. And we only had like a few of them left. So now we finally realize that we definitely have to leave. My dad will disown me if I do not come back. Finally, we decide that we're just going to get ready. My aunt's going to take us to dinner and she'll like take us around to see the city. And that's exactly what we do. We go to this like fun little Italian restaurant. And afterwards, she's like, you know what? Like I'll drive you around. We'll see everything. It's super pretty. But we had been like crying. I mean, I had been doing a lot of crying before that for like, the few hours that we were on the phone with my dad and crying makes you exhausted like and we had woken up at like 6 30 maybe slept like three hours the night before so we are so tired we barely even eat our dinner also and my aunt's driving us around and nicole and i both fall asleep in the back of the car but then finally she wakes us up and she's like hi girls i think this would maybe be a good spot for you to take a photo and it was really pretty it was like the chicago skyline right on the water and it is the first and only photo we took on the trip in chicago yes we had one solid picture that mackenzie's aunt made us take because she was like you have to get something out of this trip like you need something to remember it let's take one picture so mackenzie and i wake up from the back of the car puffy eyes from crying no Makeup is off. Makeup is long gone. Hair just a mess. We're a wreck, but we stand in front of this beautiful skyline and we take our one picture of us in Chicago. So we now we have our picture. We're ready to go home. And now we have to pack. Luckily, we didn't do too much unpacking, but still we have to get ready for our flight at 6 a.m. the next morning. So now it's the next morning. We have to get up and leave at the ass crack of dawn to go to the airport. And my dad wanted us home so badly that he made us fly standby, hoping that there were seats available on this flight in the morning. And of course there were. And my aunt is a flight attendant, so she was able to get us a deal. So after going through the whole ordeal over the last 24 hours, I thought my aunt was going to cut me a break and like pay for our tickets home because it was $50 each, 100 bucks. My aunt has no kids. She's married. They both work. She has plenty of money. She did not need to make me pay another $100 out of my pocket for this flight. But everyone just really wanted to stick it to the man. So I pay the $50 for me. And I also pay the $50 for Nicole because I wasn't going to make her pay for her own ride home after I roped her into this mess. We got it. We got our plane tickets. Of course, we had to get onto the plane. And this time, instead of a hot man sitting next to us, we had an old lady with a cat. (laughs) Very fitting. (laughs) Definitely just goes along with the story of our attitudes and how happy we were on the plane ride to Chicago versus how, I don't even know what word would describe our emotions on that plane ride home. We sat in complete silence. It was terrifying. I had no words the whole time, which is not very common of me because I talk a lot but I knew that at the end of this plane ride I would have to get off and see my father now who is like probably still seething I don't even know if he slept that night he was so pissed the whole time so finally we get off the plane we look for my dad and there is his yellow jeep right outside of the doors and it was terrible we both at that point would rather have walked home than get in that car with my dad, maybe even hitchhike home, which is also a dumb idea, but anything would have been better than getting in the car with my dad. But we finally get in, 
no words are said, which is when like you also know you're fucked. And then it starts. And it is 60 minutes of straight screaming back and forth at each other about how disrespectful I am. I'm a terrible child. I'm trying to explain my side of the story that like we were fighting so much and I needed to leave and all of these like crazy emotions that were like running through us at the time, but we could not see eye to eye on anything. It was terrible. He's threatening to send me to live with a different aunt. I have a lot of aunts. I have like five of them. So a different aunt, he's like, you have to go live with aunt blah, blah, blah. Like if this is how you're going to react, like, I don't know how to handle you, all of this stuff. And like, also I'm still thinking like, this really wasn't that bad. But now that I'm 21 years old, I realized that as a parent, it, it really was that bad. So it's a terrible car ride. We're both, I'm crying. My dad's so pissed. He probably couldn't even cry. And Nicole is just sitting in the back seat, taking it all in. I sat there and did not say one word. <laughs> I did not even, I could not comprehend one word to say. I did not know my position in this. I was like, if I defend Mackenzie here, he's going to eat me up too. I was like, I'm screwed. I'm never going to be able to see Mackenzie again. I was like, this is where our friendship ends. Her dad is not going to let me be friends with her anymore. Maybe he's going to think that I'm a bad influence or she gets these crazy ideas and feels comfortable doing them with me. The whole time I was just thinking, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to see Mackenzie. Like, this is where our friendship has to part ways because her dad is just going to be so mad at me and so mad at us. But I sat there so quietly and didn't say one word. And I didn't know if Nicole wanted to be friends with me after that because who can go through the last 24 hours that we just had and still be friends with someone who put her in that situation? Well, clearly we are here now to the day to tell the story and we're still best friends and have done more dumb shit since then, but not, not, not that bad, I don't think, since this excursion. I would say that that was definitely one of our worst, but also one of our best, because like you said, here we are today telling that story. And without it, I don't know, I feel like it built character. Yeah, definitely in the back of our heads, while we were so miserable on that car ride home, was the realization that, wow, this is going to be the best story we ever tell. And now here we are, four years later, telling that story. So now we finally get home. We're still screaming at each other. It has not stopped for like, when I say for 60 minutes, I mean the entire 60-minute car ride was just horrible. Like just screaming and crying at each other. But we finally had to pull it together for like the quick five minutes that Nicole has to get out of the car to go home when her mom picks her up. I sprinted out of Mackenzie's dad's car as fast as I could my mom didn't even get out of the car I said I will explain everything later on but just right now get me out of here (laughs) and that's basically what happened because as soon as she got in that car they left and fast um so now I am stuck there in the driveway with my dad and Nicole is gonna go and he's gonna hop onto this and tell his side of the story from here (laughs) Steve Austin is back. The Steve Austin Show is back and better than ever with new exciting episodes featuring tales from his new life, unbelievable past adventures, talks to pro wrestling pals, you name it, Steve's on it. Download new episodes of The Steve Austin Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. 
Okay, now I am joined by none other than my father, and I'm sure he has a little bit more to say about this than what I do. So, Dad? Yes, daughter? So let's start off with when we went to New York City and we got into that really big fight. Because I remember that as kind of my over the edge. Like, that was when I knew I really wanted to do something crazy because that was like the boiling point of our feuding for the last few years. Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember pretty. It was uh, it was uh, quite eventful and quite emotional. There was a lot going on in it, but right. would you say that was also the breaking point? Yeah, that was uh, that was like um, the, on the head of the fighting with you about everything that was going on in our in our home life. Mm. So then, once I decide to go, now it's about a month later. I've already left, and I'm waiting for you to call me to ask where I am, but you didn't do that because you didn't realize. So when I called you on FaceTime, what was your reaction? Uh, I was speechless, um, really didn't know what to say. And I didn't want to overreact at the time. So I just said, listen, I'm going to hang up on you and I'm going to calm down and I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. Which was the very rational thing to do as a parent. And I was not expecting it given how much we had been fighting. But I was glad there was no yelling at that point in time because we had just landed. But it was also one of the most terrifying moments because you are a yeller. So for you not to have any words <laughs> was horrible, like horrifying. I didn't know what else to say. I, 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 was, I was in shock that you would defy me that much and take off and get one, two, three other people involved in this to hold these lies down. And they didn't even know the truth. It sounds a lot worse when you put it that way. <laughs> oh, it's pretty bad. You know, you're, you're deceiving. You're deceiving your aunt. You're deceiving your best friend's mom and myself. Um, okay, so moving on. <laughs> um, so was there any fear or was it mostly just like anger? No, there was no fear. I mean, I, I, I trust you. I mean, your judgment, you're at my sister's house. I was just completely angry. And, you know, that's it. It's over. Come home. Yeah. And speaking of coming home, there was a lot of phone calls between the two of us, between Aunt Sherry and you. Um, if you remember anything specific from them, uh, what was it? Well, my sister um, doesn't have kids and doesn't uh, realize the ramifications of, you know, there's a bending point and there's a breaking point. And that was the breaking point. That wasn't something you're going back on. So she's like, oh, if she's here, let her stay. We have so many good things we're going to do. You don't get rewarded for doing the wrong things. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to the car ride back, because now we have gotten off the plane. We knew we had to come home or we were going to be disowned. So right. we come home. It's ass crack of dawn. And when Nicole and I see your yellow Jeep, parked out front which just so you know was the second most terrifying moment of my <laughs> life um seeing that jeep right outside of the terminal where i knew my ass was going to get handed to me so if you want to talk about your emotions when you saw us walking towards you and what happened i think it basically um disappointment was my number one thing i've never been you've never disappointed me that much and it was hard for me to sit there and ream you out and yell at you in the cold in the car too. So I don't really, I think I was maybe reserved about that. I'm not sure. I don't remember that exact 
Um, I would just like to jump in and say you were not reserved at that no. point. Um, <laughs> there was no reservations for the yelling that came for the car ride home. But I was, one, worried for what the rest of my life was going to look like because you did threaten to send me to live with one of my other aunts. Yeah, um, I did. I said threatened to let me live with Carla. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that and I was worried about losing my best friend because she had just heard the craziest yelling 60 minute car ride of her entire life. So let's talk about once we get home from the car ride, there's a lot of tears, a lot of screaming. Nicole gets dropped off and now it's just the two of you. So that was also scary because I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> if it was going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, worse or better. And I would say it did get better because we were kind of quiet. I packed, I put away my things. You went upstairs and then you said, let's go get dinner. Oh, yeah, that's right. You and I ate, ate a pacini by ourselves. Yes, which we yeah. hadn't really done. Yeah. Well, we hadn't really done a lot of stuff by ourselves because there was so much stuff going on. And I, I, I wish you would have talked to me more about it, but yet that wasn't your age and wasn't your responsibility to take care of me at that time. Yeah, definitely a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And so I think that dinner was one of the first moments where we really started to see eye to eye again after the last three years. And I would say from there, well, first of all, you did ground me, which was my first yes. like official grounding yeah. ever. I think it was a month, right? It, it was one month. Yes, yeah, I remember. Except yes. I did have one leeway about <laughs> to hang out with Casey and Shannon because they were our family friends and they did not make the cut of the grounding. <laughs> so it was like a month minus one day. Yeah. But from there on out, I would say our relationship has been better. And I'd like to think I have not disappointed you since that moment. <laughs> or no, at least that. I'm honestly no um you haven't you've uh exceeded all my expectations and you did a complete 180 I thought and and I learned a lot too out of it so and our relationship did a 180 as well yes oh completely yeah I would say it went from hating each other which most parents don't say they hate their kids and they <laughs> there was party that still loved me but it felt like we really hated each other for a little bit <laughs> But now I would say you're definitely one of my best friends. <laughs> it was it was a rough few years. I can honestly say that I didn't I I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but also, if you think about it, our relationship changed, and now my brother Aiden, he's also changing a little bit. It took him a little like an extra year. Aiden <laughs> took him now, longer. Aiden is now a freshman in college, and maybe it would have gone a little faster if Aiden had um, done some kind of trip like I had done. Uh, that kid just stayed below the radar, but I know he was doing, doing his own things. <laughs> and, and again, that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if your heart could have handled another um, Chicago oh. trip. No, no if you, I don't know what Aiden, no way. <laughs> you would have definitely had a heart attack. So I'm glad you didn't. And I'm glad that I was the only one who put you through all of that. Uh, <laughs> because you guys have put me through some stuff here right now. But hopefully um, Aiden does his turnaround. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's on his own right now. So he's got to prove himself to himself. I'm in. 
Yeah, maybe I'll have Aiden in on the next episode so he can share his side of the story and we're not just talking about him. (laughs) Not like he's he's going to listen to this either way. (laughs) No. Okay, Dad. Well, do you have any other things you'd like to say about this? Um, All I want to say is that everybody always says that your your teenagers are going to go through their trying times where they don't like you, you don't like them, and it's going to be rough. And I swore that when I had you, that you guys, that I was, that was never going to happen. I was just, it wasn't going to be true. It's that's, that's something that happened to other people. And um, no, it's true. It does happen. And uh, you got to go through it. That's all there is to it. Well, I'm sure you're very excited for when I have children and they do this to me. <laughs> I'll be laughing my ass off. <laughs> I'll be sending them to their grandparents' house because I'll be so angry. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be a little different in uh, the next 20 years. <laughs> Hopefully they well, won't do anything as uh, ridiculous as I did. Oh, you're, <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> I mean, what's that phrase that uh, I did everything. What comes around worse? goes around. No, no, no. The one where I've done everything you've done, but worse. Oh, uh, I don't know that one. <laughs> I feel like you've told me that before. <laughs> I've done a lot of things in my lifetime and um, each one's taught me something different. And I'm sure this was one of them, even though. Oh yeah. Oh, this was definitely one of them. Yeah. And I do remember that dinner at Pacini's. That was, um, that was special to me. Yeah. I would say that was the turnaround moment. Yeah. If this was a movie, that was the resolution to it. (laughs) I like that. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much, Dad, for being on here with me. We've never really talked about this before. No, we haven't. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) And uh, maybe we'll talk about it this weekend. We have a big family event. So who knows what might get brought up because Aunt Sherry will be there. Oh, yes. It should be interesting. (laughs) Very. Well, thank Uh, you, Dad. I will see you in a few days. All right. Love you, girl. I love you. And I'll see you soon. Well, that's it, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed hearing um, my best friend and my dad's side of this story because I can honestly say it is something that changed my life, and I am a better person and daughter because of it. So thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode.